Welcome to Heat Check, where we talk about what's going on around the NBA. I'm your host, Ben Kirch. With me, Jackson Shade, Andrew Danielson, Dan Bailey, and Josh Goldberg. Um, it's All-Star Weekend, or it was this uh, weekend, I guess that makes sense. And we're going to start with the Skills Challenge, because I know there's a lot of controversy around the rules, at least among this group. Um, Trey Young and Kyle Kuzma cheating? I honestly am not feeling Trey Young too much. Um, him especially, just because I think he was cheating in this competition. Well, he was throwing the um, ball ahead, right? I mean, yeah. And so I, I understand it may not be, as Andrew will say, exactly cheating, because he did not technically start dribbling because he picked it up and then just threw it down. But um, I'm going to go ahead and say that I think it was just, I don't know. It, it, it didn't really exemplify what we were supposed to be seeing in a skills competition. It's not skillful to know that you can throw the ball down the court and chase after it. Whereas as what they expect you to do is, you know, dribble down the court, as you typically do in an NBA game. So I I don't know. I mean, is it really any different than someone rolling the ball down the court when inbounding to save the clock when they pick it up at half court? It's actually very different. It is a little different, just because... because it's, it's the same idea where they don't dribble the ball all the way down. They find some other way within the rules to move the ball down the clock, down the court to save time. Whether in that case they're saving time on the clock, but this he's saving time in a race. He's he's not double dribbling. He's just taking. He's just before dribbling. He's throwing the ball far ahead and then picking up his dribble farther down the court. I think though it's just like do you see people in the NBA inbounding it and then chasing after their ball? Like you don't see someone like after after they score and they're inbounding the ball. They don't like not inbound it to their teammate. They don't just throw it up and then just like go chase after it. I also just don't think that's allowed. But it's just the fact that it's like it's not it's, what it's, yeah. It's just like that's not a play that you like. Rolling an inbound is strategic in a sense of the NBA because there's a point to it. It doesn't start the clock yet, which is important when you don't have time. You don't have timeouts, so you don't have like that chance to get down to the other side of the court. And I mean, it's a risk to take because you're, you know, rolling it on the floor and the other team can easily come take that, especially because then as soon as they pick it up, the clock starts. So no matter who gets it, it's like, it's, it's a risk to take and there is a strategic uh, reasoning for having it. I understand that. I just don't see the strategic reasoning for throwing it ahead. I do see that it's the skills competition. I like, I get that Trey Young's trying to win because he probably doesn't do that that much with the Hawks, but like, still, it seems like it's the skills competition. It's not meant to be super serious, like. Yeah, well, as in most of the things in the All-Star Week, yeah. they aren't meant to be. I had more of a problem with what Kyle Kuzma did than Trey Young. That's because you're a Celtics fan. Well, like, <laughs> I just think, like, throwing the ball up the court and chasing after it, like, yeah, he did that. But, like, one whole obstacle is the chess pass, and Kuzma did not even, like, try to get it in the hole. It looked like he was just, like, throwing it as fast as possible. Wouldn't you say that Trey Young did the same thing? He just missed over one entire obstacle, really? Well, I think like his obstacle was just the. I mean, I guess there is two parts to the dribbling, and there is one part that you can't just throw yeah. the ball over. So, that's fair. But also, didn't like the chest pass. Thing. Yeah, I think they should just change the rule that like you have to actually get it in instead of you can just miss it three times and move on. I think that's like a main part of the skills challenge. Yeah. I, have I see the why they do it just because they want it to always be something that's kind of close. Yeah. Or, like, we're going to talk about, obviously, the ending of, like, what actually ended up happening. But, like, they want it to be something where it's, like, you know, it could be anyone, or maybe you get that, like, last second, yeah. like, spoiler alert, half-court shot that it makes the crowd go wild, and that's something that we want to see. Yeah. But it's an, I understand why they do it. It's just more of, like, a... I wish that wasn't what it had to be, sort that, of. For me, kind of, like, 
it ruins the skull contest there because it ultimately boils down to a three-point shooting contest. Yeah. Like, whoever's better at the other skills doesn't matter if it's just whoever makes a three-point shot first. Yeah. And, and it's like, not even like the chest pass is that hard. Like, that's probably the easiest of the three obstacles is the chest pass. Like, I get that it's a small circle, but they've been doing that. Like, Jokic just grabbed the ball and threw it right in yeah. there like a football player. It's, but it's, it's stuff that they practice on, like, an everyday basis, basically. So it's something that they should be good at at this point. And if anything, you know, Kyle Kuzma just kind of like, are you that lazy that you can't just like go for it? It's like, it, it, yeah, he's saving time, sure, because maybe he isn't that good at it. But it's just kind of like, should, do you deserve to be at the skills competition? If you can't make a if you can't pass, make a chess pass, like, I mean, yeah, that's us talking. Obviously, we're not. Yeah, I can make a chess pass. Yeah, but like, I mean, maybe not the dribbling, but yeah, but like, it's it's something that it's like I, I don't know how. Like, if you're going to be at the skills competition, why wouldn't you do the skills? You don't need to show up exactly. anyone. Like, no one here is taking it. For the most part, most people here aren't taking it that seriously. Like, you can tell they, they're they just having fun with it for the most yeah. part. Like, Jason Tatum and, um, yeah, who was it? Jokic. And it's just like, they were just having fun with it, even yeah. though, like, he, he lost and he was just happy to be there and they were having fun. So it's like, they're, they're all just having a good time. Yeah. So it's like, it's not something we need to take too seriously, really. Everyone knows the All-Star Weekend is like a break, basically. So it's like, as they call it, the All-Star break. I mean... But, um, yeah, so personally, I just, I didn't enjoy the fact that it's, like, the skills competition is less of, like, skills anymore. Yeah. I guess, so. As a fan, like, I didn't think it was fun to see a player, like, completely, like, missed, like, purposely missed those chess passes. Like, I think, like, as Dan was saying, like, like, the rule should just be simply, you have to stay, like, pass at that station, like, no matter how many times you make those shots, Mm -hmm. and and rather than, rather than a three-shot a three pass limit or, or some or whatever the ro- exact rule was mm-hmm. and like like yeah like I like it was like just it wasn't an enjoy like at like to see these players like completely like mi- miss these shots on purpose like I feel like I feel like it defeats the purpose of like playing uh, playing basketball and like, and like showing off your skills yeah or at least make it that you have to clear the whole rack cause that way if, if you like you do all five of them really fast. If the other guy makes the first one, he's probably already yeah. ahead of you. That's true, yeah. And then it doesn't. It also makes it so it could be close ending. Yeah. Well, the thing, I'm going off of what Andrew said earlier, how it's basically just something that comes down to a three-point shot. We saw that in this year mainly because Jason Tatum in the first two rounds was behind, and yeah. he came in late and then just made his first three-point shot because the other whoever he was going against at the time missed. And then it was just kind of like, there you go. And even in the last round, which, I mean, here we are now, it's just, it, he was behind, and he had to shoot a half-court shot, which is great to see. I mean, like, don't get me wrong. It was, Most exciting part. I was so very hyped that it happened and everything, but it was just kind of like a, you get nothing for being ahead. You get nothing for doing the other skill well, shots. It's basically, it's basically just the three-point contest, but with extra steps. Well, yeah, but you, if you are ahead in the skills challenge, you get that extra shot. Oh, yeah, but if you're not good at three points, you get nothing extra but for usually that. usually most of these guys are pretty I, good. I mean, like, typically it's not, it's something where they're going to make it in their first couple anyway. Yeah. But it's more of just the fact that it's, like, doing good in, like, or being ahead in both the chess pass and the dribbling, two of the three skills isn't enough. Because it's, like, if you are just, if you're better in both of those two things and you're better by more than you're worse in the three-point contest, or the three-point a shot, then it's like it's not going to matter because you only need one three point shot to win it. But you could you could say that about any of the skills. You could say like, oh, you you dribble down, do a layup, come back down, shoot a three, and then go make the chest pass, and then it just comes back down to the chest pass, which is obviously way less exciting. But like, 
if you're ahead in the other two, like you could just miss all the chess passes, and the other guy comes up and nails the first one and wins. I think it depends on just because of the order. I just think it's more. I, in my opinion, I feel like it should boil down more to something where it's less of like a race for it, something closer to the three point competition, where it's just kind of like each person goes, and it's a thing that happens. Like instead of, can you sh- throw three balls at the general region of the chess pass thing and then just move on from there and not even do anything more of like a can you make in like 30 seconds like how many consecutive chess passes? Yeah, I think it would be something where it's like a like a, a grading yeah. system almost. If they and did it, like, if they did it like one by one, and they just timed you to see how quickly you could do it, and like you actually had to like make a chess pass, you had to like do all this yeah. stuff, and it's like who had the quickest time or something instead. And then it's just more of like a, and then it's just like their times, like how quick they can do all the things they have to do, and then, or if they just don't finish at all, like if they just, if they get disqualified because they couldn't make a chess pass or something like that, which should kind of be what it comes down to. Like, if you can't make a chess pass, you shouldn't really have like a score in that thing. But then that's just more of like a, I get it. to the dunk contest, which we'll talk about later, about not doing things. Scoring. scoring. Yeah. All-Star Weekend can be just tweaked, I think, a little bit. And I get it's not really like a huge deal really to the NBA and they want the the close matchups and that's probably why they do the races yeah I understand why it's like a head to head thing because it's more interesting to watch a head to head because I'm just like oh who's it going to be but it's like you could always do like a head to head like a first round of like qualifiers sort of because they have like eight people going into it anyway so it's Mm -hmm. like we don't need to see and it even takes up more time which just means more commercials which I'm sure the NBA would love so it's like it's not going to yeah, well, a lot of these time conditions are because of like the ad, like the ad revenue they can be getting. Like instead of instead of a longer, like what you were saying before, with like the each play each player one at a time. Like they can, why not just do two at a time as a race, shorten the time, increase the ad revenue, make more money. But like, well, I'm just saying, like if they increase All Star Weekend, they did it from what like eight to ten thirty. If they increased it by thirty minutes, I don't think anyone would not watch. Like it's oh, yeah. anyone who wouldn't already be watching, they can just throw in. They can do singles things. They could do two people and then do an ad thing. They have more time. They can take up more time. With, I mean, we're not gonna go into the business of the NBA, but like, right. it's just like they have. Like, it's not like it's it's something they could benefit from. It's something that I think, to me personally, would be something that's more interesting to watch. It would seem to be like more fair because it's just kind of like skills competition is always fun, but it was just kind of like. I don't know, a little annoying to watch Kyle Kuzma and Trey Young just try to find ways around it so that they can move on. In, a, in what is basically a meaningless yeah, competition. Yeah, what, what is a meaningless competition? You don't I get, the, get the money for it. For it but like, yeah, but like a money compared to what they already make yeah, as players. It's not, like it's not, it's not a big deal at all. Yeah. I got a little heated about that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Going on with the, the ads, is they'll do like two matches that take 10 seconds long and then like three minutes of ads. Yeah, and which they, I mean, kind of sucks. Yeah, but that's the business. But yeah, we we've I mean we're used right. to it at this point, so yeah. So we can move on to the three point contest featuring uh, Joe Harris. Andrew, you have um, all the insight on Joe Harris. Apparently, what can you tell us about him? <laughs> about the man, the myth, the legend, Joe Harris, one of the greatest three point shooters this year, and how he doesn't have a ring. Yeah, he doesn't have a ring. He was on Cleveland in 2016, but was he got injured and was traded to Orlando and then waived. So he does not have a ring, despite being on Cleveland for two of the years that LeBron was there. Now, having Joe Harris not have a ring, is that robbing like one of the best three-point shooters right now of that? It's only like... It's one year that he's... I mean, he played five games that year. (laughs) I don't think he's being robbed, because... It's a big year. (laughs) 
I mean, yeah. he shot what, 20, 25%, 25% from three. Yeah, so he's, he's not <laughs> And 25% from field as well, which is interesting. I think so basically, he only shot three. So but yeah, he just <laughs> shot threes, but he was—he I mean, he got a fourth of them. In, so. in 2016, they clearly didn't need him to win titles. So. Oh yeah. I think they had—I think they had another thing that they were—they were doing pretty well with at that yeah. point. Yeah, they—they they had two people named LeBron James and Kyrie Irving, and also Kevin Love. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, I think they were struggling for talent at that point. Probably that—that that year was probably one of the best finals in recent memory, besides the. 12, 13 one. Yeah. Just who, who is Joe one. Harris? That's the question. Who is he now? Yeah, he, like, he no. has become a very, very solid player on that, uh, what is it, sixth seed right now? Yeah, that's yeah. Team that might yeah, actually oh, The Nets up. also is a whole other topic, yeah, yeah, how they've been rising through the ranks. Yeah, they were struggling early on. They've really turned their season around. Yeah, right now Joe Harris is leading the entire NBA in three-point percentage at like 46% or something, which is ridiculous. Yeah. He's definitely a big part of why they're doing a lot better. And he's clearly been increasing, as we can see. Yeah, he's the last like I mean, yeah, he's been, but uh, from season to season, he's been doing a lot better, which, I mean, that's all off-the-court sort of stuff, typically. But, I mean, it's yeah. good to see that someone's improving. But it's just, I mean, I haven't heard too much about Joe It's Harris also very good development by the Nets. <laughs> Amazing development. I, I know, I personally, at least, I did not know that much about Joe Harris before the three-point contest. Oh, yeah. So, but like, yeah. so like now looking at his stats, it's like, how do you how do you miss out on such an important He'd be a great 2K player. player. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Also, with Joe Harris, uh, a good comparison to him would be Buddy Heald, who's also having that breakout year, also in the three-point contest. Did he make the finals? I honestly don't remember. Yes. I, yeah, yeah, he did make the finals. Very, like, similar comparisons there in terms of... Yeah, like going off of, of like what we've been saying, like the net, like the Nets in the past several years have like, ever since that Brooklyn trade, I should say, like the, the Nets haven't been too good. Like they get, they basically gave away their future for Kevin Garnett and Paul Pierce, who now are analysts. <laughs> so I'm not very good and like it, at least Paul Pierce isn't. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and like best. and like in and like I'm surprised that like the Nets have like been able to develop this well. Despite despite that trade from happening yeah. and ha- and being able to acquire these players and de- and people like D'Angelo Russell, like I feel like this, I feel like the Nets like as of late, have, as of now, I should say, like have prof have profited so far yeah. despite despite that bad trade in twenty twelve. The Nets have after, ever since Marks became the GM, the Nets have made some very good moves. I think acquiring D'Angelo Russell, obviously, and oh, drafting yeah. Jared Allen. Yeah. Very good pickup for them, the fro. Um, moving on uh, in the three-point contest, we have the nice bet between Steph Curry and Seth Curry, one that's probably very unfairly towards Steph Curry, considering he's a better player and makes Only much slightly. more money. But um, I'm sure Seth will still be able to... Oh, yeah. Steph, Steph had a lot to, uh, to gain from this. Steph did not have a lot to lose. So it was kind of like making the bet, I guess, for Seth was kind of like a, yeah, you know, that'd be great. But I mean, Seth doesn't have too much to lose. But yeah, still. It was just kind of unfair because it was just kind of like, because like, like Seth. Seth. <laughs> I mean, it's like if Seth was like known to be like kind of up there with Seth. No, not to say that Seth, Seth Curry is in any sense a bad three-point shooter because he did do a good job. It's just it's like, a great three-point shooter. yeah, it's just, but it was just like, you know, making a bet with with Steph, it was an un- it was an unfortunate one and a little bit kind of unfair in the way. I feel like he should have had a handicap at least. 
Seth Curry is shooting 465 from three this season. What's so that's wow. yeah, that's amazing. That's probably better than Steph. I actually well, yeah, I think what? he's one of the top three in the league. Also, we gotta year. look at like, cause Steph Curry takes a lot of contested threes, which is probably why. He doesn't have anything to prove, really, at this point. That's yeah, I'm sure if his, like, if you look at open threes, I feel like it's definitely a lot I guess we could have we could have assumed that Joe Harris was going to beat Steph this whole time. I mean, <laughs> they're going to speak for themselves. Was. Seth was 465. Yeah, so right now he's doing better than, than Steph is. But that's not to say that I don't I don't think. I think well, Steph is being a little bit more conservative with his yeah, shots Steph. than Steph Steph's probably also is. Also, yeah, Seth Curry's probably getting a, a lot of good open corner threes. Like, yeah. Catch and shoot. Steph's like Steph's off the dribble. Yes, yeah, Steph will take whatever shot that he thinks that yeah. he can make, which is most things. Which is so what, and that's what Steve Kerr loves oh, yeah. to do because they're the best team in the league. And, yeah. An interesting note that Dan pointed out: Steph is taking eleven and a half three point attempts a game. Seth is taking uh, only seven point eight. Yeah. Oh, so, yeah. So that makes sense. More shots, but more being made, nevertheless. So. Yeah, and it's funny because the Warriors really don't even need Steph to shoot that much, and they'll still probably win. Pretty handedly. Yeah, as we've seen, because he was out for some time. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Going back to the bet, like I feel like it was an interesting bet, even like despite the fact that you were saying it was unfair, because like it's like when when are you gonna ever see the both Curry brothers on the same All Star on the same three on the same contest competing? Like, yeah, you, you might never like, again. Yeah, like it's, it was an interesting thing for them, especially just because you know they. I mean, like it was. Supposed to be a fun thing. Brotherly like, love. Ah, yeah, 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 brotherly love. That's all it is. Exactly. You know, Seth joins Steph at some point in their career, and they team up like the Morris twins. That would be nice. Yeah. yeah. Hopefully not on the Warriors, though. <laughs> I think that's okay. Or in Phoenix, just, I think. That yeah, if Steph goes to Phoenix, I'd be. I'd like yeah. to see a lot Steph, of people go to Devin Phoenix. Steph, Devin Booker, DeAndre Ayton, that team would win the championship. Uh, moving on to the dunk contest, uh, we could talk about, well, all of the dunks, basically, except for maybe... Um, Bridges because he kind of missed but um start with John Collins I think he got the second dunk obviously he kind of messed up it was still a great dunk but he did kind of mess up it, it, it was kind of a little bit embarrassing for him I would think because the Charlotte crowd was not very hype for it especially the first dunk when he dunked it you could see him he's like Trying to get the Charlotte fans hype, and none of them are really cheering. So, f- kind of a down night for him. I thought he deserved higher than a 40. But um, Diallo definitely deserved to win that, I think. Yeah, I agree. I think consistently Diallo had the best dunks, especially the Shaq one. That was, the, that was the crowd favorite. That was, yeah. the, that was the dunk um, of the night. Something I was going to say specifically was I didn't think that John Collins' first dunk was really all that great, honestly. It seemed like it was a, a stereotypical Dunk. It's not. It was not something I think. I think dunk contest worthy. At I, least. I mean, I didn't think it was like amazing, but yeah, yeah. these sympathy scores are five points lower, and they're not even making the dunk. Yeah, that's like, well. The, yeah, that's a whole other thing. That, like we said earlier, going into the scoring of All Star Weekend in general, it just wasn't. Yeah, there shouldn't be scores for things that aren't dunks. Or I mean. Like it, it's harsh, but just give the guy a zero. <laughs> like yeah. you miss. Like I get it's in pot. Like like for us, we would never be able to do something like that. Yeah. But the whole not. point of the dunk contest is to actually make the dunk. Yeah, and like the crowd is way less into it if it takes you like six tries to make the. Yeah. Dunk. Yeah. Exactly. Shout out to Dennis Smith. Yeah. I think that would be interesting though that I would like to see. Um, at least if they just do it as like a side thing that they don't even like. It's not actually how they do it, but like a thing where. Um, 
like the audience has a, a say in the dunk contest. I think they do. Do they still do? I think they. I think mean, they tried it at one point. If, I think. But I, I don't think know if the crowd gets if the crowd gets really hype. Oh, I don't even. Yeah. I mean, but like they have like things where like you can text in like wh- who do you think did the best or something like that yeah. or something like that. Which is like yeah, it's a whole difficult thing. But it, I think it would be something that would just be interesting if they if they did something like that because I mean it's it's difficult to judge something as subjective as dunks because it's yeah. just like oh what's more interesting like. Jumping over a plane or like like jumping over Shaq. It's like jumping over Shaq. Yeah, I mean, I, as we call it. But I feel like at the end they were somewhat like inflating the scores in the final round to make it more interesting. Yeah, especially yeah, yeah, um, after Dennis Smith missed his first dunk in the final round and got a thirty-five, and um, Diallo got a forty-three on his first dunk. Then Dennis Smith did his dunk over Dwayne Wade with the alley from Steph. Great jacket, by the way. Yeah. Shout out. But it's just like they gave that the same score as the um Shaq dunk, even though it took him multiple tries and was less impressive simply because yeah. D Wade is much shorter than Shaq. <laughs> yeah. So I think to some extent that score was somewhat inflated up to a fifty to make it so that Diallo would have to do a like a, a crazy an impressive dunk, yeah. dunk in mm-hmm. order to win it. Rather than having having like being able to coast and get an easy win, he could, would actually have to do something good to end it on. So yeah. I think, yeah, exactly. to some extent, the judges were kind of told to give that one a higher score just to make it more... Make, more some, to make it interesting. And that makes sense. Know? I mean, what, what ended up happening is Diallo deserved to win, and he won, so... Yeah. yeah. As, like, as Dennis Smith didn't... Like, he made some great dunks after a couple of tries, but, like, Diallo was just miles above him, and literally. I just... It, I mean... He did do impressive dunks, but I think the fact that it took him like five to six tries on most of them yeah. really kind of dragged him down when Diallo was making... I think, if I remember correctly, I don't think he had to take a second try on any of this. I don't think he did. Yeah, like, you, like we also have to remember, like, like it, these dunks are, like, these dunks are, like, really difficult, and, like, I feel like, it, yes, it, it could take five tries, but but it's, like, you still it still takes a lot to be able to for example, jump over a shack. Like it, it doesn't just come instinctively on the on the fly. Not. I don't. I don't think any of us are trying to knock on the fact that there. It takes them a lot of tries to do these amazing dunks because they are good. Like I'm not gonna. I mean, I'm playing double. They're amazing here. The dunks are amazing. Yes, I enjoy all of the dunks. I mean, I'm only being I'm only scrutinizing on them just because it's like they're at this point. They're at the dunk contest. That's what you do. You know, it's just like if this ha- if any of these happen, which they can't really for the most part. But like during a game, I would be just essentially the John Collins dunk. That's like that's a typical dunk. Yeah, I think just because it was basically just a, re- a reverse dunk. But it was like I mean, it's still something that would I would be hyped about in any game. So it's like I. It's nothing special, really. It's just the fact that it's like it's only focused on the dunks here. So it's not like part of the game. They're not doing anything else, really. And it's right. like they've had time to prepare for these things. So it's like you want to see something crazy. You know, you want to see something exciting and stuff like that. And we did but something like, crazy. And we did, yeah. And so like it, it did it did its thing. You know, some things about the dunk contest that like we like and we don't. That's all it is. And I said, like, on social media, everyone's already saying, like, oh, can't wait for Zion to be in it next year. And everyone's oh, already yeah. talking about that, but, like, even though he hasn't even finished his college season yet, everyone's like, oh, he's going to win the dunk contest <laughs> next year. Uh, yeah. The hype for Zion is real. Where will he go? Josh, do you have any? I hope the next. <laughs> I really hope the next. Like, it, especially since we're th- at this bottom point in the season where and we have such these, these such good, like, well, I wouldn't call 14% good odds, but, uh, yeah, no. I think, but we still have a chance at the first pick, and 
given that Zion, given Zion's amazing college career, I'd love to see that translate into the Knicks organization and and give like a like a restart to the franchise essentially. I think the Knicks Not are hoping for a lot of things this offseason. Oh yeah, which again we'll talk about later as well. Yeah, I, I don't want to get too far off track. I uh, I do want to get far off track and talk about Zion for a little bit because out of the tanking teams, I think the Hawks will be one of the best fits for him. I get they have John Collins, and honestly, I haven't really watched much of Zion play at Duke, but um, they're one. They're a star away from competing. Like they have a great future, Trey Young and John Collins, and if they add one more, like, go-to guy, um, they'll be a threat in the East, especially in the East, because yeah. the East sucks. Outside of the top five. Top top six. I'll give I'll give the Nets some credit. Yeah, especially because next year they'll probably continue to grow and develop yeah. even more. Alright, and back to the main event of All-Star Weekend, which was the actual game. A um, lot of great highlights. Steph Curry bouncing it off the floor to Giannis, whose wingspan is like 10 feet. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, Truly. that was impressive. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of things about the All-Star game that were pretty great. I mean, as always, you know, if they're the All-Stars, and you love to see them all play together, obviously. But um, um, my personal favorite uh, was just, it wasn't even part of the game. It was just when they mic'd up um, Dirk and Steph. Uh, and I got you got clay. To, yeah, and, you got, and Steph's shouting he's got clay as, as they run down the court. And that, I, that's, personally, I, I really enjoyed that. I like how much fun they're having with it. So yeah. that, was, that was just something that I thought was interesting. But then, yeah, there was a lot of good plays. I know someone especially was excited about this I was very excited play. about Dwayne Wade to LeBron, and then LeBron to Dwayne Wade. It was the other way around. But, like, the, both happened. happened so. Both happened. Yeah, very nostalgic from that championship Heat team. So, yeah. Also, Dirk Nowitzki uh, on fire. Three threes in a row. Amazing. Yeah. Deserved MVP. Didn't get it, though. <laughs> yeah, I definitely. Should have won the three-point contest. Uh. <laughs> if only you didn't airball those threes. Darn. Yeah. He was saving it for the All-Star game. Uh, exactly. yeah. Same he with Chris Middleton. Chris Middleton came in last place. Oh, yeah. the three-point after they, contest. Then, after they put him on that jumbo challenge, he was like, ah. Also with Dame, who kind of sparked Team LeBron in uh, the third quarter with yeah. all of his, like, from, they were really deep. Two from the oh, logo, yeah. yeah. yeah he had, like back to back too. He went off in the third quarter and kind of pretty much was one of the main reasons why Team LeBron got back into the game. Yeah, because like I was really surprised that Team Giannis was like blowing away. It was, oh, it was like oh so far. Because if you look at the rosters, like Team LeBron. Oh, yeah, Especially yeah. the starting five looked way better than Team Giannis, in my opinion, at least. Did anyone actually like think Team Giannis was gonna like before it happened that Team Giannis was I, gonna? I didn't think so. They, I thought maybe if Steph Curry went off, that's about it. They put up a graphic that showed that like among all the players on each team, Team LeBron had more All Star appearances, more MVPs, <laughs> yeah, and more that. Final Champions. So I think, I think LeBron probably was picking a little bit more strategically than Giannis was. Giannis looks like he was having just a lot of fun yeah, during the, the, uh, the uh, All-Star draft. Giannis' <laughs> first second-round pick was Chris Middleton. He picked him. I mean, he showed up. He did. Yeah, the, yeah. the main reason why Giannis picked him was to pick his teammate. Yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, his first pick overall was Steph, which is not a bad pick at all, yeah. obviously. But also, he said like the reason he picked him was because Steph, you know, like he was also picked, so it was just like, yeah. Might, might as well, you know. Yeah, we're trying to so, yeah. Meanwhile, LeBron's getting out his notes, his tactical information. Yeah, yeah. LeBron was, and then Giannis was like uh, crossing people off like one by one. He just had a full list. I don't, I'm not 100% sure if Giannis had like a set 
list of people. He was just yeah. like, I'll just go by whatever's left. And like LeBron is sitting there in the locker room about to play with his like entire like uh, if this then this whole sheet. His war room. Yeah, just yeah. prepared. Uh, but still, a great game. It was a fun game. Yeah, yeah, I, very fun game yeah, I enjoyed it a lot. Uh, it was, but it happened in just a, such a split second where everything, like Giannis's team, is ahead by like what twenty, I think. Yeah, yeah I was watching, and, and then just suddenly, out of nowhere, it was yeah, crazy. Giannis was ahead by twenty, and then I looked away for a second, and I came back, and it was a three-point game. I was like, what, what happened? Yeah. It, well, we know it was Dame time. That's, <laughs> yeah, that, that's it what happened. happened. It, was, it was that time of day. <laughs> it was that, it's that time of day. Um, also, a uh, well, Kevin Durant obviously won MVP. I don't remember any particular highlights from him. I he just kept he hit a yeah, lot he, of reasons. He was more like a consistent player, right? Yeah, which is what he is. Yeah, like, always. I think it was more just the fact that he was one of the best players in the fourth quarter. Yeah. And so I think that's often with like all star game MVPs, it's just whoever was best at the end. Like They forgot to watch the entire game and then they're like, Oh damn, we gotta pick a yeah, we gotta pick an MVP. <laughs> I feel like it's just like whoever was doing the best at the end, they kinda of, whoever was Because it's fan vote, right? I think it is fan vote. Yeah. Fan vote, yeah. Yeah, just whoever, whoever like manages to have like the most influence in the fourth quarter, uh, who is also on the winning team ends up being. I'm surprised actually that if it's fan voted that uh, Kevin Durant won because it's just I mean like from a I would understand more from like a like a tactical standpoint that someone who was like who was into basketball or in like or like in the association they'd be like well Kevin Durant was putting up like steady numbers. You know, like, he was doing his job, like, what he does normally. But it was, like, to anyone else, you would just be like, oh, yeah, the person who I saw make, like, two three-pointers that one time. Like, I feel like it would be more of something where like, they just be... Or maybe not two three-pointers if it comes down to, to, to Dame. But, you know, yeah. I just... I, I'm a little surprised by that, personally. Well, uh, Kevin Durant, like, it laid in the... Four, I think it was the fourth quarter. Like, he like he just kept putting... It was, like, three after three after three. Like, it was... Like the amount, like the amount of like threes he took and that were going in, I, I personally felt that that was impressive. Like, oh, no, even I could, though yeah, again, I'm not trying to say Kevin yeah. is at all not impressive. Yeah, even though like Jan, like I, you know, like Giannis put up a lot more numbers per se. Like Kevin Dur, like it was, I feel like it was Kevin Durant coming in clutch with those, compl- like consistently completed threes and all and all those clutch shots per se. Yeah. he was big as it came close to, yeah. the, to the end of the game, which I think is yeah. And I think again, it does, a lot of the reason why people. I think it does depend on what team won the game too. I think if like Team Giannis won, he was definitely going to oh, get yeah. the MVP. Giannis was doing a lot that game, so yeah. I think it just came down to defense on which team. Yeah, well, that's true. Also, um, Paul George really showed up yeah. that game with a the little Harden move on James Harden. That was that was amazing to watch. Yeah, and I'm sure if Nate were here, he would have a lot to say about that. Yes, yeah. he uh, hates James Harden apparently. Apparently, but yeah, uh, Paul George definitely a top three player in the league right now. I think at least this year he's been amazing. Yeah, he's definitely an MVP contender in my mind. Yeah. Also, you want to? Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say like, uh, I don't know, not to get not to like derail this the conversation or anything, but like I think. I feel like Russell Russ Westbrook deserves MVP with all those triple doubles and and, and like all those all this work he's been putting it on the court, like I, and like yeah I I definitely agree Paul George is this MV, is MVP caliber but I think it should go to Westbrook this year. I wholeheartedly I disagree because I, I think it should be honest. Russell, Russell Westbrook did just um I don't know what the record was that he just broke. Eleven consecutive. Like consecutive triple consecutive doubles. Triple doubles. Okay, like yeah. I, I which, yeah, which is great, but. I feel that 
Paul George on the Thunder. Paul George is a bigger reason why they've been winning than Russell Westbrook. Yeah, I feel that he is the better player. I think a lot of Russell Westbrook's triple doubles come from his stat pattern. Yeah, and, and not to take anything away from Westbrook. No, 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 no he's impressive. It. He's it. It's you have to be really good to consistently get those stats. But I feel that. Paul George is a bigger reason why the team is winning. Yeah. And that Paul George is more valuable to the team than Russell Westbrook. And even though they are both immensely valuable. And another thing that I think hampers Russell Westbrook is his shooting. Yeah, I just he's only shooting forty percent from the field and he's shooting twenty four percent from three, which is looks like career worst in both categories. That's one of the things I love about Westbrook though, is he he no. He has so much confidence that he'll be shooting crap and still be putting up like shot after shot. Yeah. And even if he is shooting crap, he gets his teammates involved, which is I think what Josh was kind of hitting at, where he gets Paul George involved. Obviously, Paul George can, will is like on another level this year, and will probably do the same even without him, or would have done the same even without him. But I think Westbrook has been a really key part in Paul George's success, just with the assists. And then obviously you can say the rebounds and stat pattern, but it's insanely difficult for a guard to get ten rebounds a game. Yeah, yeah. D- definitely. Like, and also like you gotta remember, like Westbrook isn't like the guy who would be you'd be. Oh yeah, he's definitely a three point. Sh- he's not that kind of guy. Like you're talking about like a different like. You have to you have to compare on the basis of like it takes style into the considerations. What I'm saying. This is just one of those instances. I think that the, the knowing the stats aren't enough. Like seeing that um, so- that Russell is. Um, uh, that he's just, you know, that he's doing all of this is not really as... It, like, yes, it's it's easy to look at it and be like, oh, well, he's clearly doing amazing. Like, he's you know, MVP caliber. But it's just like, it's not... It doesn't mean as much as just knowing that he has these numbers, you know. I'm very it means, confused on which side you're on right now. I'm trying to say that, like, it's like he's clearly been doing a great job. I'm more just saying the fact that I don't... He, I don't personally think he should be... You can't just look at the Just stats. because the stats... I'm saying the stats aren't always enough. I do think he deserves more credit than he's been getting. I yeah. think at this point... Like, a few years ago, he was the MVP averaging a triple-double, and now it's kind of like we're not even considering him at all as an MVP candidate, even though he's putting up numbers. I think the biggest reason that year was he set the single-season record for most triple-doubles. Yeah, and he was averaging 32 points a game instead of 22 this year. Uh, He's also the only one on that team. Yeah. I just feel it's hard to say he's MVP when there's a big debate that he there's a strong debate that he's not even the best player on his team yeah yeah he is really good he's the second best player behind Paul George but it's hard to say that he is MVP and then not say that Paul George is the MVP just because Paul George has been playing better in my opinion yeah I think Paul George and then you also have James Harden yeah yeah yeah, another thing that I've seen on like ESPN and stuff, they debate which accomplishment is was more impressive, Harden's 30-point streak or Westbrook's triple-double streak. I'm going with Westbrook at least in that. I think that's, that, I'm more impressed with that. That Harden. might be harder, but I think Harden would be more the most valuable since he basically, he single-handedly dragged his team back into contention for the top of the West. Yeah. I'm going to actually disagree with that because while I think I think triple doubles are more valuable like what you said to the team because he's getting his teammates involved. He's getting them hot. It's not like Harden just taking himself where it comes down to like like it's it's like a clutch game. Nobody else is going to shoot. It's just going to be Harden. Westbrook like everyone's ready to shoot. You know the ball might be coming to you. 
like obviously now that they have Paul George, he's going to take the last shot. But like before that, Westbrook, he might take the last shot, but he might also pass it off in, in the clutch moments if he sees someone has an opening. You you never knew what was going to happen with him. Yeah, I just, the triple double speaks more to a, a team style of play than yeah. just straight. Passing. I don't know if people say like stat padding, but yeah, I don't know. I think assists. It's still it's a hard stat to be. Stat I, I know Harden is very much an ISO player. He's doing it all himself, but I don't think the Rockets would be in the in the position they are in the standings. Um, which, if you can scroll down to the, yeah. I don't know, uh, they're um, yeah fifth in the West. I don't think they'd be up there without Harden's performance with all of his scoring. I feel that they don't have the scoring depth that they had last year where they could have kept up without Harden's pace. I feel that the Thunder would still be doing just as well without Russ averaging a triple-double. Really? I feel like the Thunder would be at the bottom, uh, not at the bottom of the West, at the bottom of the playoff race without Westbrook. I still feel like... Because I don't I, think Paul George would be putting up as good as numbers. Yeah, I agree. I don't well, think I mean, Paul George would be doing the same thing if he didn't have Russell Westbrook feeding him like well, I'm not, uh, the assist definitely, but like, if he was if he wasn't getting the triple doubles, he was getting less rebounds and maybe scoring less. I still think they'd be doing just as well because they do have better depth. I feel the Rockets would struggle without James Harden, especially since during a big portion of the streak, Chris Paul was injured, mm-hmm. so they didn't have much depth behind Harden, so they needed all of that scoring. And I don't think they'd be in the position they were without it. So I feel that was ultimately more valuable to the team in their position right now. I mean, I agree with that. I don't think Westbrook is top three MVP, at least. I'm not, I'm not really sure where he's in the right I think Harden is there. But Westbrook is very valuable to the Thunder. Um, I, I think Giannis is going to MVP by a long shot just because the Bucks number one. And, I mean, he's just dominating. Mm-hmm. But... And then I'm going to say, honestly, Paul George number two over Harden. I'm agreeing with that, too. I think and then Giannis, maybe, Harden. Yeah. Giannis and Paul George. And then maybe, like, Jokic or Durant or someone. I think Embiid's also up there. Maybe. I think, believe. I think the, six, the I Sixers are stacked right now, and they're not doing great. I don't comparatively. Think, well, I don't think, I don't think Embiid should win the MVP. But I think he should be in the Just a top five, top six conversation. He should be up there, like, as, he is one of the best players in the NBA. I think he should at least be considered a top five MVP candidate. Even if I don't think he has any shot of winning it, I think it would be Giannis or Paul George. But I think we should still respect the amount of the, all of the success that Embiid has had in the court this season. Yeah, he's had a lot of success, but I, I think, like, Obviously, you have Giannis, James Harden, and Paul George. And I also think you have Kawhi that has to be up there. Even though he hasn't... The thing, the knock on Kawhi is he hasn't played a lot of games. But in the games that he has played, like, he's really performing. Obviously, the Raptors, that's an entirely... That's, like, a big team effort. Like, they've been good for a while now, even without... Now, even without the Rosen, I think they have a great chance at the finals. But then also, like, Kyrie Irving probably is up there now. And wait, scroll down to the best. Like, like the Warriors players... Like they're all like, Kevin Durant's definitely in contention for the MVP. I know that team is stacked, but like, he, yeah, he's still averaging like twenty eight points a game, yeah. seven. And Nikola Jokic too. I think they could all mm-hmm. be made a case for more more valuable than Embiid to the team. Yeah, I could see Embiid winning it like sometime in the future yeah. if he improves. But like, as, for this year, I don't think so. 
I, I just feel that he has still done a lot for the team, and the team has yeah, gone has. through the team has gone through a lot of changes, and I feel they're still kind of figuring out how to play with each other and how to fit Jimmy Butler into the system, right. since he is an estimate of a fit as Tobias Harris, um, and I feel that indeed his performance has been a big part to the Sixers staying at the pace they are. Yeah, and um, we're all kind of running out of time here, but um, one last thing I want to talk about going back to the All-Star game is Marv Albert because he just doesn't know, like, players. Like, yeah. he'll be talking, like, um, who was it? Carl Anthony Towns went up for a shot and he <laughs> called him Anthony Davis. Yeah, and then Vucevic went up for a layup and he called him Jokic, which is also wrong. Yeah, and there was a play... Um, at another point, I remember watching a Celtics game, and Tatum goes up for like a free throw line jumper, and he and he's like Tatum for three, and then, like they they tell him like, oh, that's not a three. He's like, oh, now they're saying he has a foot on the line. Like he didn't have a foot on the line. He was at the free throw line. I mean, I guess he had a foot on the free throw line, but like, not even close. So he doesn't know the players that he's he's supposed to be he, uh, keeping track yeah, of. basically, he just he's uh, he should retire. I think he's past his prime. Kevin Harlan's a lot better. Yeah. And he does 2K. <laughs> of course. Which makes him amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if we wanted to get into the whole James Harden thing. the His his whole traveling slash cheating ordeal. It's I feel like we should wait for Nate. That's kind of a big uh, part. Yeah, that, that's something with you probably. And the same thing with the Anthony Davis. Yeah. So we can probably that's just wait. Because we have a decent amount. Um, also, I hate looking at those standings because you said the Heat were going to be the ninth seed at the end of the year, and right now they're the ninth seed, and I hate that. I think that's where they're going to stay, too. I don't think so. They're tied with the Pistons. Uh, do you really think so, though? I don't, I it says it right there. They're literally. I know that they're tied. I'm saying, do you really think that they're going to come you and get themselves back into the playoff picture? There's or is that just have. what you're hoping for? The Bucks are 11-1 and one in the division. Oh, that's the division. Never mind. That's just still pretty. Yeah, I was I was thinking I was like that one loss is to the Heat, but then I was like no, that's not right. Like the Heat are only two and a half games still, back from the six seed anyway. Like Bucks they still, still are uh, thirty and eight in the conference though, then which is pretty very, that's pretty amazing. So meanwhile, the Knicks are seven. We we know the Knicks are trying anyway. Right? It's, it's 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 too late for the Knicks. <laughs> one and nine in their past ten games. Thirty two and a half games behind. Yikes. Back to back to what you were saying about the Heat. Like I personally think the Pistons are going to fall out just because I feel like Blake Griffin, Blake Griffin isn't going to be enough for them to make to make the playoffs. And if or if they make the playoffs, stay in the playoffs. I don't. Like, I don't think just, they'll make it far in the playoffs if they. Make I, it. Think I think the Pistons are whack. I don't think they have a good team at all. I feel that they can make the HC, but they would have no chance against the Bucks or Raptors. Of course, I, I think, think they have, I have think a chance against the Bucks or at least to take. One or two games. I don't think they'll win the series, but they'll definitely I give feel, them more of a challenge than the Pistons. Yeah, I feel the Pistons would get swept, but I think they can make the playoffs. I think they're able, they'll be able to do that. So you have the Celtics and the Sixers as well, tying it up. Yeah. And looking like a uh, first round first round matchup That's right now. That's gonna be a great first round. I we'll have, we'll have the confetti ready. It okay. depends on whether or not the Pacers fall. I I do personally think that the Pacers are not going. To I do, I think the, the Pacers are gonna fall as well. I, I think the Celtics are gonna end up being on top of the Sixers going into it. The Pacers are doing that. as good as the Sixers in the last ten games. So. Yeah, but that you, they can only tell you so much. Also. I know, but like it's been a while. 
that Oladipo's been on, they're still like winning. Yeah, I, I don't think the Pacers are doing a bad job yeah, at all without Oladipo. Those, I just think that I, I personally just don't think they're gonna stay I, up there. They, they have less depth because of it. And I think that's gonna. He's a big part of their game. If, yeah, and that's and just, yeah. I feel the Sixers will probably go up something because they really want to avoid the first round matchup against the Celtics. Uh, Since yeah. <laughs> there is a good chance that if they're playing away against the Celtics in the first round, they don't make it out of there. And oh, then yeah. they probably lose Jeremy Butler and Tobias Harris. Which is not great. Yes. Which they, might happen anyway, even if they do make it past the first round. I feel Tobias Harris is more likely to say, stay than Jimmy Butler. Also, the closer you get to the finals, the more likely people are to stick around. I just feel in general, because if you think you're going to make it to the finals with a team, why aren't you going to stick around? Yeah. That's, I mean, that's, I mean, except for money, that's the main, like, Or if your push name for, is Kevin Durant. Yeah. yeah. If you're a snake as well. <laughs> and you want to ruin the league for about four seasons. Give or take. He, he claims he's leaving. We'll see what happens. I don't know if any of you guys saw, like, the video of him talking to Kyrie, like, okay. in the tunnel. Like, it was either, like, right before the All-Star game or right after the All-Star game or something. It was just, like, Kyrie and Kevin Durant talking. And, like, you couldn't hear what they were saying, but Kyrie put, like, the number, like, two up, and people are trying to, like, infer what he could be meaning by that. Two titles with the Knicks, that's what's Most happening. people, like, the two main theories right now are either that Kyrie's saying two max slots on the Knicks, or that he's saying two championships, that which he has on the Warriors. And people are saying they could almost see Kyrie mouth, like, it's time. So they're saying, like, oh, is he saying it's time to go to the Knicks with the two max slots, or is it time to leave the Warriors? Or is it, yeah. is it Dame time? That's in reality, <laughs> he was just like, good luck in the All-Star game. Yeah, so, yeah, there's a lot of conspiracies going around, but it was probably nothing, because they're in the open. I think what could be amazing is if KD just went to the Knicks. And that's I, think, I think that honestly, and if AD stayed with the Pelicans, which he's not going to, even if he went to the Lakers, I think that would be. I, I, uh, I mean, sure, but the Lakers, I, I don't agree as much. Lakers would have to trade everyone, literally everyone. That's okay. That's fair. And obviously, LeBron that, and AD, great, but it would be a good finals matchup. I, I think. I just think that the league would be so much more interesting if KD just went to the Knicks, because then the Knicks are no longer a team that we can just brush to the side so easily, and like. Golden State isn't just a powerhouse. I mean, they're still going to be great with who they have, but it's like they're less of a powerhouse at least. Because, yeah. I mean, Kevin Durant, while not, like, the entire team, because they have, like, five entire teams, is, like, like he's still, like, a main part of their team. So it's, like, it's going to be something at least. It just spreads out the, the talent a little bit more. Without Kevin Durant and DeMarcus Cousins, they are beatable in a seven-game series. Yeah, yeah. I also think Kevin Durant. Durant I think even without Durant, they're beatable. I think even if Cousins, which he won't, somehow stays. I don't know. He'll leave. Signs for another minimum or something. I don't. I, don't I, I could see him, if he performs well through the end of the season and in the postseason, signing for a significant contract. Oh, yeah. I think that's ultimately the plan for him. Yeah, and that's another thing. Like, we don't know where he's going. He could end up at the like with the Clippers. We could see Kawhi and... The uh, Marcus Cousins on the Clippers, and then all of a sudden now LA has a great battle between the Clippers and the Lakers. I don't think it's unrealistic either to assume that Kevin Durant might go to the Knicks, just because I, I think, think it's, it's pretty unrealistic. Honestly, I, not entirely. Well, I don't. I, as much as I, I like, don't think that he would want to go there. The fact that he claims that there's been like people rumors saying that he um, claims he wants to try and like sort of build his own championship, like he wants to get there without like the crutch of another 
like a, like an all-star team, yeah, like basically. Rebuild his legacy. Basically. Yeah, he wants to make because it's like so many people like I, I was as we've been saying. Kind of like think he's just like yeah. They just think he's like a snake, and they're just like, well, you have made it, yeah, a, a decent amount of times. But it's like you're also on like this amazing team. So it's like, so I think he wants to kind of prove to everyone that he is an amazing player, even when he's not playing with an amazing team. Which I mean, like I still I think he is, but it's just like yeah, so I, I think, think that's something. But also the East, I think while like. While just, I, I think the East is like great, but I think also the fact that I think he would have a better chance of it in the East as well because I think a lot of the teams in the East are mainly like just like the they have their their star and then they have like mm-hmm. their role players and things. I mean, like as most teams are, but like I just he gets out of the whole Golden State area, he's not with LeBron anymore, and he has a better chance, I think, to make it to the finals if he comes to the East. And also, it's just kind of like a whole new set of teams that he doesn't play as much really with. Yeah, but like, I, the problem I see with Kevin Durant going to the Knicks is I think the Knicks are going to have a lot of trouble recruiting him because, yes, we have they have Dennis Smith Jr., the new face of the franchise, and that's it. Like the, And you have this, har- I would, in my opinion, horrible ownership, ownership and front office structure with James, Dol- with James Dolan. And, like, I... Like right now, it's not that attractive of a team to go to. It, like, yes, it's a big market, but like, you have James Dolan as owner, and I, I don't see that as an incentive for players to go there. I think the main idea is that the team would look completely different next year mm. if their plan works. If they get the number one pick, they can promise two stars that they'll have Zion and another star to be with them. Yeah, which is like if they can sign on Zion on like a rookie contract, and they have two max slots so it's like they can I mean like if they were that's able it. to and that's the thing but like also that's it is not just just that though like two max slots and a rookie contract for someone who is expected to be amazing in his first year in the NBA is like that could be a lot for the Knicks especially if I think with the whole KD and AD thing is sort of a catch-22 situation where I think they would potentially both go to the Knicks if they knew they were both going to the Knicks. I don't think that Rich Paul wants that to happen. But I think that that's, <laughs> that's something like... That's story. If, yeah, if, if, if I think if you were able to promise both of the players that they would be playing with the other, and then Zion also, they knew that that was a possibility that he'd be coming into the mix. Like, imagine AD, uh, KD, and Zion all coming into the Knicks right now. It would completely rebuild their thing. It's a great market, as you said, to be in. Like, the Knicks yeah. could be a, a, a real big potential team. Like for next year and I think that's something that could happen but like I said it's like a catch-22 it's like is AD going to want to go if KD doesn't is KD going to want to go if AD doesn't so it's like you can't really ensure either of them that the other one will go unless one of them in- says they will go so it just kind of becomes a problem yeah. you bring up good points but like my prop, my concern is it's a gamble like this is all like everything we've been saying it's all a gamble yeah. like not there's so no zero guarantee any of this is going to happen. Yeah. That's, that's my concern. Last offseason, the Sixers had a max slot, and they couldn't even, get an inter- couldn't even get a meeting with LeBron. They only talked to Rich Paul, and LeBron was only going to talk to the Lakers. He, they had a max slot, and they couldn't get any interest in anyone, even though they had Embiid and Ben Simmons and a really good young core. They, so... A max slot is not a guarantee for a star power. Yeah, exactly, year. emphasizing my point. Yeah, I'm also going to go with Josh. I think I think the Nets have also have a max slot, and if he's going to go to New York, that's such a much better fit for him. Because if he goes to the Knicks, yeah, they have the opportunity to get these stars to build around. But they're just a playoff team. They're not 
going to compete, especially if Kawhi stays with the Raptors. Like, they're not going to compete with the Bucks and the Raptors and even the Sixers and the Celtics. Well, they will, but, like, yeah. they're not the favorites out of that. If he goes to the Nets, the Nets have a great bunch of role players, an all-star in D'Angelo Russell, and then they're adding on a superstar. Like, he's their one piece that they need to get over the hump and be, like, compete for the title, especially with him leaving the West. I think it's difficult to say, especially because it's like, how much of a challenge is KD going to give himself with this whole I need to prove myself thing? Because it's like, the Knicks are the hardest challenge he's probably going to get (laughs) if he's going there by himself. So it's like, is he really going to go for that? Or is he just going to... And we know AD is really just looking for a championship. I think think KD is with going to the Nets. That's my... I I think that's a good guess, honestly. I would love to believe that KD would go to the Knicks. I think that it it would make... Just everything. I think even more. if he goes to the Nets, it would make an amazing. I don't think that, would, but like the Nets yeah. also have proved that they don't like need him. But they do. Like that's one. That's why. Well, not to make the playoffs. Though. Like yet to maybe to be like a high contender for the finals, which is what you want. Of course, yes. But I'm saying like, it's just sort of like without like an all star, then it's just like the Knicks are just they they're real bad. That's I mean as we know. But. I honestly think they're where they belong. Yikes. Zion, there. We'll see if he can. I mean, they're around. gonna have to build for the future if they get him. But somehow I know they're they're gonna end up being like kicked back to like the seventh slot or something in the lottery. I hope. I, we can we, we can only hope that doesn't happen. At this I mean, point. everyone knows the Cavs are getting the number one pick, so. <laughs> uh, I I. Or maybe I hope that doesn't going. happen. And then Devin Booker gets a friend. I mean, generational talent. Check. Cavs in the lottery. Check. <laughs> Zion would have really big shoes to fill if he gets drafted by Cleveland. Yeah, uh, I really don't think he wants to even go there. Yeah, because it's just too much pressure to be the next LeBron, I think, which is probably not an attractive thing. I mean, even Colin Sexton, when he was drafted, the first question he was asked is, so how are you going to recruit LeBron? <laughs> which is, like, not a question you want to... You just, like, get drafted. Like, you've been working your whole life to this, and then you immediately get compared to the best player, one of the best players of all time. I think that's all the time we have for today, but make sure to come back next week. We will be probably going into um, talks on the Anthony Davis trade, more into this whole KDAD thing that we've been sort of mulling over right now, just as some uh, spitballing here. Um, some more ideas of what could be coming for the offseason, things like that. Talking a little bit about uh, things that are going on right now in the league, like the whole James Harden cheating thing. We're going to wait for Nate as we're sure he's going to have some some very hot takes on that. I'm excited. Uh, yeah, it's going to be great. Shout um, out to Nate. Yeah. So um, make sure to stop by next week for Heat Check. And also, is... the games for the week, too. Oh, of course, yeah. Who knows what could happen in the week that is to come. So stick around, and this is Heat Check signing off.